Well, good evening, everyone. It is Wednesday, the 29th, I think it is. Yeah, the 29th of April in 2020. And you are joining us for Kingdom 202, which is the school of, let me read it, Super Prophetic and Supernatural Ministry. I'm Pastor Lundry Lee. Welcome to my Manteca living room. I believe within the next week or two, we'll be back at 1914 Trades on Boulevard. Yes, in San Jose, California. But for tonight, we're going to come live um, here, and we're going to have a very interesting conversation consisting of what I do not yet know, other than we're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to talk about some supernatural aspects of it. I've had some amazing conversations with people this week. We have, uh, I have, I'm privileged to have four Bible studies thus far, um, one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday, one on Thursday, and one on Friday. And sometimes the impromptu ones from phone calls I get on Monday. So, at any rate, let's pray. Let's talk to the Holy Spirit. I'll tell you tidbits and give you um, nuggets. And, you know, we'll see what else it is that has to go. We're working on different lighting aspects here in the house, you know, uh, because we're getting some wonderful input from individuals telling us what kind of things, what kind of equipment. And so... If you happen to be a lighting expert and you know you're supposed to be a part of our ministry, I'm going to say to you, gather up your gear. It's about time that you come home. It's <laughs> like from an old cartoon. I'm not dating myself with that. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much. Uh, all of a sudden I hear, help, Mr. Wizard, Mr. Wizard. <laughs> but I don't need any wizard's help because I have the help of the Holy Spirit. I have you. And you love us with such an amazing love. And you minister to us and you comfort us, and you guide us, and you correct us, and you teach us, and you do everything that we have need of. And I thank you so much for that. I thank you for gathering us together in these safe places. We dwell in the secret place of the Most High God, and we abide under the shadow of the Almighty, and we get to say of the Lord, God is my refuge. God is my hope. God is my strength. God is my joy. God is the strength of my life. God is my portion. There's so many things that we get to say. We get to say of you, he never leaves me or forsakes me. God loves me with an everlasting love. God sees me. And I think that that's something that we will probably put our finger on tonight. God sees me. I am not invisible to you. None of the people that are watching, none of the people that are participating, None of the people that are under the sound of my voice or watch this on a rebroadcast, not one of us is invisible to you. You are sometimes referred to as the invisible God, but you can be seen through your creation, through the kindness, through the mercy, through the tenderness, through love and truth and joy. I tell you what, you are the most amazing God. You are absolutely, without a doubt, unsurpassable. You are merciful. You are kind. You are good. You are so good. And as I sit here and I'm saying these words to you, I feel the caress of, of your touch. And I know that that's what you're extending out to others today, too. And so, Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for... Intimacy. I thank you that you have a definite conversation that you want to have with us tonight. 
and I am privileged and honored to be able to be a part of the facilitation of that. You know what else I thank you for? Words. They're so much fun. Your words especially, the already said words of God that continue to create and continue to create and continue to magnify your goodness, your greatness, and your perfect will for our lives. Today, we come alive to you. Today, we get to speak words in season and, and speak words that cause demonic terrorists to cease and desist in their attempts to capture a people that Jesus has already shed his blood for. We thank you that the words that we speak, that the aim is true, and that the target is sighted, and that when your word is released, it lands with precision to do precisely what you have in mind. Oh, I tell you what, you really are the best of the best. You are the top. You are the awesome one. You are the almighty. You are our lover. You are our savior. You are our everything. At least that's what I choose to say and to believe and to make my truth. And so I thank you for it all tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, um, we may have questions for those of you that are in touch with our own crystal camp. Feel free to text whatever questions there may be. She's enjoying a cheese stick, but I'm sure she'll take the time in between to, uh, you know, read your stuff in between chews or something. And that's what the crappy sound was. I heard it, so maybe you did too. Yes. Well, what? what? I wasn't supposed to say that. I was sitting up there watching you put it in your mouth. <laughs> we have a lot of fun here. We do. We really do. Um, sometimes family types things in on the messages and, we're not trying to be professional. We just want to be honest, and we we have a, we serve the Lord God Almighty, who is always always a right on point. And so I'm not telling you that we're trying to be amateur either. I'm simply saying I like to have fun, and that's fun to have somebody here in this room with me, as opposed to having <laughs> she's dancing now, as opposed to having to just sit here and look at you know. Um, it's good to have you guys online. Welcome, you know, the Periscope and the Twitter and the Facebook or whatever, uh, you know, medium it is that you're using those on free conference. It's simply that it's also fun to have somebody that's kind of laughing with me uh, in moments. So I think I have some questions for you tonight. And I have one in particular that I believe will lead us to an interesting conversation. And I believe that it is um, – uh, in line with some things that our apostle, Dr. Baker, talked about on Sunday, and I think a little bit last night as well on her Tuesday night, really telling it like it is program. But I want to know, as you've been going around town and you've seen the masked wonders, or maybe you're wearing one yourself, uh, in the different places that you go in society, that um, I wonder if you're comfortable if you're getting used to it. I wonder if you have found yourself 
ever feeling dependent upon the mask. If you're thinking that you can't go out without wearing a mask and gloves, are you feeling uncomfortable? Are you feeling a little um, exposed if you have bare hands or a, a, a clear face? And if you are, I want to ask why. Why is the question here? Because really I'm asking you, but I'm encouraging you to ask yourself. Do you want to get used to an alien way of living? We actually weren't made to wear gloves and masks every day, everywhere. We actually were made, created by God, and empowered by God to change the atmosphere wherever we are, not to adapt to it. We were created by God to create a kingdom atmosphere everywhere that we go, especially places where people are walking in fear or torment or any of the other demonic um, manifestations of, of, of what people refer to as normal, natural human life. And this is people without understanding that we're talking about. But have you found yourself becoming used to the way that the world is currently behaving? Are you thinking of adapting this as your normal so that it's even to the place that if you got an all clear from your governor or your city uh, uh, mayor or whoever it is that's in charge, the health departments and stuff, would you be afraid to go outside without a mask, without gloves, to put your hands on a shopping cart, or to go around people that, that are just enjoying life? I, I just kind of wonder, have you thought about your set of, set of thoughts, your mind set, the filtering process that you're using right now to live your life? Have you adapted to an abnormal way of being? And is your heart, by any chance, do you think you're being trained and conditioned for a way of acceptance that could very easily lead to you taking the mark? So, just thought I'd throw that. That's a big ball, big logs out there. It's a boulder. And I know that. But, you see, my thoughts, my thinking goes to that. I had... Uh, let me explain something. Yesterday, I was on my way to Dr. Baker's home because we were setting up, Crystal and I are the team, are the current Tuesday night team, to do her, her program. And it was about 90 degrees here in my town, in our town, Manteca. And so as I'm driving down the street, I noticed little kids outside playing. People were riding bikes and walking and skating and driving, and there's not a mask to be seen. It was awesome. And you could feel the atmosphere, the freedom, the joy, the excitement of simply being alive. They weren't <laughs> 91 degrees out can forget it. And that's something I really love about this town. It's it just kind of got a way about it. I mean, I'm talking gas stations, uh, going, watching the little short line going to, into Starbucks because, you know, it seems like it closes like right at 6.30 or something. Um, but everywhere I looked, there were people outside on bikes. They had some really cool, like, lights to light them up to show, you know, even riding in the dark. They're wearing shorts, tank tops, uh, flip-flops, tennis shoes, but there's not a mask. Kids are playing basketball, bouncing balls. They're doing it outside my house right up at one of my neighbor's homes right now. Nobody masked. Little toddlers running around. People sitting out in their front yard, enjoying a beautiful day that God has made. Not a mask to be seen, not a pair of gloves 
to be seen, the smokers, huh? Or how people feeling their thing. Sometimes you say a bath would be a good thing, you know, for that. But you know what? Not yesterday. Not the way the day was. Not the way the day is today. It's a little more cloudy and overcast. But they've got a taste of freedom. They've got a taste of this is what my life is like. This is not, I'm not adapting to a new normal. This is what life is supposed to be. I am supposed to be able to breathe. I am supposed to be able to walk around my neighborhood and go wherever it is. So liberty was was challenged. But there is a people group, and it's supposed to be the body of Yeshua, that never, ever let go of the liberty, the freedom that we have in the Holy Spirit. Because it's, the Bible says that he is that spirit, and wherever he is, there is liberty. So I encourage you to talk to God and ask him, am I prepared to move forward in this next season, in this new season, walking in freedom, walking in an awareness of the different types of spirits that have been trying to do a takeover, and am I prepared to push back? Because that's exactly what we're going to do. My rights, have they been violated? Am I paying attention to the Constitution of the United States? Have I read the Declaration of Independence? This is an assignment that Dr. Baker has given to our um, our congregation of Sounding Love Global Church Fellowship and the people of more than enough ministries. And so it is as you're reading these things and as you read the, 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 the evidentiary statement and understand it, that it was a people that founded this that were determined to no longer walk in oppression and to no longer have their right to express themselves freely. We're not going to let that be taken away especially by a monarch that was very far away. So uh, those are just a few of the things that we want to uh, be able to, you know, to um, to kind of maybe open up a little bit for y'all to hear about. So, you know, that's, that's something that I want to say. Okay. And uh, let me see. So do I have any questions? Well, there was, there was a comment. Um, one, of, one of the viewers said that I want not to wear, it, wear a mask. But I don't want to offend people. I don't understand what you mean by offend them, Dick. So give me an idea of what you mean by I don't want to offend. Okay? I don't want to offend people. What people are you referring to? People that you don't know? Um, people that are walking in fear? Uh, people that are, um, you know, what people do you know? Let me let me do something real quick. I'm going to hand this off to Chris. Okay. So can you go ahead and answer that? I want to not wear a mask. See, I don't wear a mask. Um, and I'm not concerned about, um, uh, in that sense of what you're saying, I'm, I'm actually, I don't even, it never dawns on me that I might be offending some. And I want to ask you another question. Huh. What are you afraid of? Because if you're uh, concerned about offending people, what is, what is it exactly are you afraid of? What's going on in your head that maybe we can look at and pray about? Um, I have a new book. I, well, I'm working on Kingdom 202, which is why this class is called Kingdom 202. It's actually the title of the book that I'm working on. And I kind of teach the book that has not yet been written or is not yet finished. Um, 
in some of the conversations that I have with you all. But uh, she's trying to charge the uh, iPad. Go ahead. Because it's like people jump six feet away when they see me coming. Yeah, people I don't know. They jump six feet away? Even when I have a mask. Mm -hmm. Even when you have a mask? That's so cute. That's got absolutely nothing to do with you. And she's shaking the, the, the thing. I know it's shaking just a little bit because um, even though it was fully charged, I guess you had to put it on charger. Okay. Um, that's not got anything to do with you. Maybe, oh. maybe, just maybe, I don't know who I'm talking to, but maybe, just maybe, you're carrying such a light that the spirits of darkness that have been surrounding those people are trying to get them away from you so that you don't seek where to deliver here says that grocery stores require masks for entry and I feel like I'm suffocating while wearing I don't wear the mask when I go to the supermarket and I feel personally that's a violation of my rights and I let them know that. Actually I want Crystal to share a story with you. Um, I think that you can hear her fine. She doesn't want to come on screen. But she had an incident happen just the other day where she had to go and get oil for her car. Yes. Um, well you know, guys, I'm working on the team to help broadcast. So, you know, Sunday we went in and I needed gas for my, I mean, not gas, but oil for my car. I went over to an auto parts store. And when I went inside, I, I got what I needed. It was in my hand. I went up to the cash register and she says, well, I'm sorry, but I can't um, allow you to purchase that. And I said, why not? She said, because you're not wearing a mask. And I said, well, I don't live here. I don't have a mask. Um, and he said, well, you're required to, well, he said, you're required to wear a mask in Melpitas. Um, in Melpitas. And I said, well, I don't live in Melpitas. And then he says, well, this is all of Melpitas. I said, I don't care. I don't live in Melpitas. I need oil. And I said, my car needs oil. <laughs> like that. And I don't have a mask and I don't live here. I live in Manteca. And then he looked at his manager, and his manager said, you know, go ahead and allow her to purchase. So they allowed me to get everything I needed. Sweetheart, that's a discrimination. I don't see anywhere. You see, you see, there is a moment when you have to push back and you have to take a stand. I don't know where you live. I don't know what all the conditions are. But I know that I went to the store, and they told me that, and I walked in, and I went to get what I went to get. The lady let me know. Well, if you next time you come, you're going to have to wear this. I said, I won't come back. When you guys are free, then that's fine. But I, I and here's something else I was concerned about this. Some people don't wear masks because they have issues with breathing. It's funny. Um, they have they have come out of claustrophobic situations, asthmatic situations, whatever they may be. And the wearing of that, and I've talked to a few of them, I'm not making this up, they said that psychologically or whatever it was, they, they almost had panic attacks. You see, everybody doesn't have the same health issues or fear. And I don't know where you live, but I would ask, I would seriously look, where are you getting this rule? Where did this come from in a time when even the, when the President of the United States has said, we're rolling things back? Why are you increasing paranoia? Why are you increasing a sense of danger in a place where there has been a decrease? How many people in this county, how many people in this city have actually been hospitalized? How many cases do 
saying to you? Why are you crying? Why wouldn't you speak the word of the Lord and say, God, I thank you that you open this up, that favor comes to me because I am being forced to do things that violate or that cross over my belief. It's, it's crossed over into my civil rights. It's crossed over to the place. This is what they said. You will not, we won't serve you here because you're black. We won't serve you here because, because you're not the right persuasion. And now they're saying we won't serve you unless we can't see your face. Interesting. Well, no question. Okay. Um, one viewer says at work, the mask has been required by management. That's work. Also, many counties in the state face masks are required. Why? <clears throat> Do you know why? Okay, here's another one. Oh, I this is not my will. I'm not interested in talking about this all night. Oh, go ahead. Oh, this is another person who says, I wear a mask temporarily in stores. I am not afraid. I do not agree that I am giving up my liberty. It is uncomfortable, so I will not be getting used to it. But my health, my health history makes it sensible for me mm -hmm. and those I minister to. Did you hear what you just said? You made a decision that asserted the rights that you have. I really appreciate that statement. That's awesome to me. You have a reason that has everything to do with how you live. Do you see what I mean? And and so I, I'm seriously not interested in stirring up a controversy for people. My encouragement to all of us is to question why. Because this is how we can become used to doing something. You understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's how we become used to. We're, it's a conditioning process. If anybody remembers science class, if you remember um, Pavlov's dog, if you remember how the conditioning took place um, to get that dog used to hearing the dinner bell. What I'm saying to all of us, mask or no mask, that's really your decision to make. All right? Got it? Uh, it may for me mean because of my choice that there's stores I can't go to. It may mean that there are certain things that I have to do without if Amazon.com is run out or Target or uh, whoever the dot-com person that I shop with. If they run out of stuff, I may have to do without because that's a decision that I made. So I'm not telling you to imitate me. I am saying to you to question the why. Where is this rule coming from? Is this an extension of something within the community uh, or rather uh, from the health organization? Or is this simply something that's feeding into an invisible fear or force that wants to push an agenda that is not God? That's what I'm suggesting. Question. Ask in the Spirit. Look at the things of God. Look at the Word. Ask the Holy Spirit what is going on here. Now, I'm going to answer a question. Does this mean that you would never wear a mask? No, it doesn't mean that at all. What I'm saying to you is that it is my
I do. No, I don't want to do that either. So I understand, again, the, the controversy. I understand the dilemmas. I'm not talking about to mask or not to mask. I said ask the question. Simply do not get used to doing what um, others say that may very well stem from fear as opposed to faith. The Bible says that anything that we do that is not faith is sin. You are, and I, what we're doing is determining that we will keep our faith in God. We will, um, we will walk in the ways of, of gentleness and kindness and meekness, but there comes a moment when something wants to push you over a line and pull you into, um, as, as, as the way Dr. Baker said it, the, the way people say, we're all in this together. And it's like, no, we're actually not. Not if it's based on fear. Not if it's based on earth curse belief. Not if it's based on the fact that God is not stronger than the devil. Not if it's based on um, something that, that, that would take away my right to express my faith in Jesus Christ. No, we're not all in this together. You know, I was on a, a call or a teaching today, and we were learning about we're uh, getting sharpening our skills and learn, acquiring skills as pertaining to the courts of heaven. And um, one of the things that happened, one of the people actually used that expression, we're all in this together. And I had to laugh. I thought, well, now we, what's going on? Um, one, one of the things that happened was that um, somebody said that we're all in this together, and I thought, well, okay, we are all in this class together. We are all learning about the courts together. We are learning more and sharpening our skills of well and cleansing and things of that sort. We are doing all those things together. Now, in terms of uh, paranoia, being conformed to this world, let's turn over to Romans chapter 12. At least you think, um, or at least you don't know that I, I'm speaking what God says, because God's got a word for that. Uh, according to Romans 12:1, he said, I beseech you, brethren, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, your reasonable service, and be not, be not conformed to this world. Do not fashion um, or go conform to the same pattern. Do not conform to the lifestyle. Um, have your mind. This is where he's talking about. Do not conform your thinking to another's pattern. Do not allow yourself to become one with an anti-God, anti-Jesus, anti-faith, anti-truth, a uh, pattern of thinking. Do not buy into something simply because everybody else seems to be doing it. You know, being in the kingdom means that sometimes we are controversial. Being in the kingdom means we can take the unpopular stand that nobody else wants. We can look only out there sometimes because we're standing for something that others go, why are you even bothering to fight for this? But when you stand for it, well, what am I standing for? Am I standing to be right? No. I'm not even interested in that. The Bible says we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but I'm not interested in being right, whatever that really means. I'm right and you're wrong? No. That is not it. It's saying I will, I, I have, you fight to believe God. You fight to walk in obedience to what he has said because he has the better way. But in this earth, because people are conditioned to walk in fear, 
a natural government, and as I, I was going to quote Dr. Baker again, people that you voted into positions that are now telling you what to do. That's not the way it was meant to be, you see. Um, taking on the, the thought, the mindset that will guarantee that you will never walk in the liberty, the freedom of believing what God has said. I won't do that for anybody. Walking in a way that has me cowering in fear, wanting to go along with the crowd so that I won't offend. No, I'm not going to do that, especially not if they're saying, let's all um, speak in tyranny. Let's all protest against um, uh, the truth of God. Let's all rebel against righteousness. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, they, they may take your this away or may take your that. You know, you can't actually take anything the mind that God has given to me. What he gives us, he also equips us to keep. He has angels that he has released to work with us to keep us. What what you really, I am really not willing to give up is my freedom to worship him, my freedom to speak his word, my freedom to believe my God over and above what everybody else says I should believe. I refuse to let ungodly, um, undisciplined devil tell me what I am to believe and what I'm not. I refuse to allow a satanic anything to dictate my decision-making process. Are you catching what I'm saying? This is the, is the thing, and we can do that without getting in everybody's face, you know, threatening them like this or doing that. You can do it with great joy. It's just like, well, no, I'm not going to go along with that. It's that simple. You know, well, why aren't you? I actually don't know your explanation, but if you want to know, it's because it doesn't it doesn't line up with what God said. It does not minister grace. It does not free people. It does not give you, it doesn't increase your ability to overcome. And that's what we're after, is, the, is, is allowing the power of grace to work in us and through us to bring freedom. You and I might be tricked into believing Going along with the crowd will enable you to speak to some. But it's actually your show of strength that lets other people know, hey, there is another way. Believing in the face of looking absolutely ridiculous or stupid or whatever. I can, I can connect to that. I wrote a book um, that got released, I think, a week or so ago. And um, when Kingdom 101 was released, I had all kinds of little thoughts arrows that were trying to find a place in my head, because the book is um, as adorable as I am. The book has just as many um, in-your-face moments as maybe sometimes you might be experiencing here. But the book is based on what the Spirit of the Lord said. I take responsibility for any errors, because he didn't do that. And I am, I'm, I'm absolutely perfect, but I'm an imperfect, perfect vessel, okay? But the thoughts that come, they're going to hate it. They're going to hate you. Now your name is out there. Now people are going to, you know, start putting you on rotten, uh, what is it, not rotten tomatoes, but you know what? Somebody probably going to write a blog about you and talk about how stupid you are and talk about how, um, um, uh, what kind of a heretic you are. And, you know, they're going to do da 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 And it was like, well, they may, but I'm never going to read it. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> you see, I'm not going to read it. 
I'm not going to look up anything that's negative about me. I'm not even going to look up positive stuff. I've gotten really wonderful, wonderful feedback, and other people have not said a thing. So that's, I guess that could be feedback, too. I'm not going to read the presses to find out, do they like me, really like me today, or, oh, boo-hoo, they really don't like me very much at all. We were not put in this world to um, live based upon the popularity uh, criteria or the likes and dislikes of other people. We were put here to love. We were put here to speak the truth. We were put here to uh, give the input or to pray, to intercede, to influence with the kingdom message into the lives of other people. We were not put here to try to be popular. We were not put, I mean, if you happen to be popular, that's pretty cool. Um, but if you're not, you're not supposed to just go, oh, doom, despair, and agony on me and, and fall apart because all of a sudden people don't like you. What you have to remember is that Jesus was very popular when he first came into uh, into town uh, at the very end, but then at the end, uh, uh, within a couple of days, people were saying crucified, you know? So people are fickle. And depending on who we listen to and what's being threatened, we can either be for you or against you. Some of you that are watching tonight or will catch this later, you're thinking, wow, that's pretty good. Some of you, you signed me off as soon as we finished with the math conversation. It just depends on whether or not I manage, uh, just by simply stating these things that the Bible says, did I speak something that witnesses to you, or did you get offended by what I said? Because it felt like I am attacking you. Since I don't know who you are, how could I attack you? Number two, I don't have the right to attack you, and I don't have any reason or motivation to as well. But do you notice that when somebody expresses, and I've experienced this myself, an opinion that differs from yours, they might be speaking fighting words, you know? It just really depends on, on what's up. So what kind of questions do we have? Ephesians 1.10 and Ephesians 1.22. Mm -hmm. Please help me to understand what at the right time means. That's verse 10. And verse 22 says, God has put all things under the authority of Messiah. Mm -hmm. One seems like it's the future and one seems like it's already done. Okay. Let's go with the first part. So they're asking about in the dispensation of the fullness of time that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, in him, in whom also, let's go up to verse um, 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he has purposed in himself, let's keep going up, wherein he has abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, in whom we have redemption, I'm reading verse 7, through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, keep going up, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us, I love this verse, accepted in the beloved. Verse 5, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ, 
to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. According, verse 4. I'm going to go all the way up, so you just going to keep reading up until we get to verse 1. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Blessed the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenlies in Christ. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, verse 1, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. So he gave us grace. He spoke the spiritual blessings that we have. Blessed in Christ, blessed be the God and Father, now going back down, uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly, in Christ. According, he's done this as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. Now, there's your first time, before. Before the foundation of the world, God has chosen us that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What is this? Limited to a certain people? No, this is to whoever would. How do I know that? Because in John 3.16, when Jesus says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever will, meaning that he chose us um, before the foundation of the world, he chose all of mankind, but he then, at cre the creation of mankind, gave each of us the power of choice to choose him. God has never, ever forced anybody to be his child. He has never, ever forced anyone to be born from above. That's up to you and me. That's why God never sends anybody to hell. People send themselves there by rejecting God. So let's get that first sense of time. This is before time. Before the foundation of the world means before time began. Are you with me so far? Okay. All right. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. This is what his heart desire was for us. Be holy and without blame before him in love. Be these things. Did he say, I'm going to make you be holy? No. But that he ordained. In other words, he made preparation. He made provision for us to be all of these wonderful things, even before the foundation in, uh, of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Because he is love. He said everything was going to be ruled by love. This is before time began. I'm, I'm to make sure I'm on track with the question, okay? Mm -hmm. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself. Well, that line right there tells me he was well aware that Adam wasn't going to make it. <laughs> because what was the point of the lamb being slain before the foundation of the world, except that he knew that the world was going to need the lamb? Got it? So here it is. God saw. So I've heard people ask this question. Well, if he knew that this was not going to happen, then why did he even bother? Come on. Would, are you saying you would have rather not have been born? No. So let's keep pressing on, okay? And I don't have the answer to every question, by the way. I like what one of our teachers, Beverly Watkins, says, I reserve the right to change. Um, if I'm in any place where I'm in error, I 
I reserve the right to change the truth. That's what I'm saying. So if any and anything I'm wrong by, and the Holy Spirit lets us know. And one of the things we always ask him to do, even when we're doing this, quicken it to us. You say something sometimes you're like, eh, it don't feel quite right. So let me roll back from that and please, by all means, don't let me sound like I'm an authority. Because there's nothing I well, there are some things that might be worse. It's pretty awful, you know, to be an authority on stupidity. I just I I, I don't want to do that. So but here I'm looking and we're we're investigating this as we go. He predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. This to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. This is the John three sixteen right there. God so loved us that he gave his son had covenant with Jesus Christ before man even before man was even created, before he ever even breathed into Adam. And here it is that the provision for Adam's uh, redemption was made because it pleased God not only to create us, but to keep us. It pleased God, the Father, to have us as his children and to be free. This is about God's liberty, his freedom to love us, to pour into us. And Jesus, the Bible tells you as you read throughout the scriptures, that Jesus himself, he said, this is why I'm here, to please my Father. I can't do anything on my own. I'm not trying to do of my own. I'm here to give the Father pleasure in how I live. And why did it give God pleasure? So that he could sit there and just fan himself and talk about how great he is? No. Because through Jesus and now through us, the church, in this time, when we yield and we submit and we obey, it allows God to express himself in the earth. And any time he can express himself through one of us, it draws others to him. It pleased God that Jesus went around healing the sick, casting out devils, and doing good. Because Jesus said, I can't do anything of myself but what I see the Father do. That's what I do. The Son does what he sees the Father do. That's a paraphrase of John 5:19. So this is why here it is here in this, in, in Ephesians 1, 5, that Jesus, that we were adopted by, uh, 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 predestinated for unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ. Jesus being the way, the canal that we come through. To God himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, it pleases God to have us as his children. To the praise of the glory of his grace. To the praise of the glory of his grace. My God. It's like we, we, uh, the, the pleasure of his, the good pleasure of his will. To the praise of the glory of his grace. To the expression of the, mag, the magnifying of his, of his presence, of his spirit, of his outpouring, of his power to overcome, to his infilling each of us with himself, which enables us to be able to do just like Jesus did. The glory of the, uh, the, the kabbalah, well, it's in, the, in the Greek, it's the, uh, the doxa, the worship, the, the glorious pre- presence or uh, dignity, the heaviness of his 
God's love. You're accepted in that. And so that is not what you're reduced to. Instead, you're raised to a place of dignity. It says here, because we have in the beloved the redemption through his blood. That means Jesus. His forgiveness of sin, the forgiveness of sin through his blood. And according to the riches of his grace, which means you come out of the poverty place. See, all of these things are all pre oh, was before time. Then it moved into predestination at that time to move forward. Um, you came out from an eternity uh, before thing, an eternal before, if you will. It's into a set time when God set the sun and the moon and the stars and so forth, and time began. Well, time began is also a countdown clock because we are eternal. And so he said now in this dispensation of the times of men and the different places where I'm going to introduce myself to mankind because I love them so much, I don't want to be out of them. And this is a very long answer to a short question, but hey. You started it. Let's just go with this. I'm loving this, okay? According to the riches of his grace, his grace, his power, his favor, his goodness, his his empowerment, his endowment, uh, meaning that I endow you with myself to live in these times. Wherein he has abounded toward us. And that word abounded is an awesome word. Uh, I had looked this up the other way. It's the excellent, it means to superabound, to be excessive, to be superfluous, to overflow, to um, to uh, increase, to remain over and above. This abounding, abounded love of God is eternal love. It is an unstoppable force. It has no end to it. It just goes on and on and on, ever increasing as we allow uh, this relationship with him to open things up for us. I mean, you're talking being flooded to the place. It's like a detox, man. It just, you pour everything in that's good to get rid of everything that's bad for us. And it changes us from the inside out. That's what he did. He abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence. It means I don't withhold anything from you. Whatever you need from me, God is saying, I am that to you. And I will uh, pour that into you. Now, this is still answering your time question, okay? Having made known unto us, he says, the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, this is all through Jesus, which he has purposed in himself. This is a revealing of a mystery. This is the secret place of God. These are the things that say that all of this comes in this time, not after. I mean, after when we move out of the earth suit and into the eternity suit, yes, we're absolutely um, accepting all of the wisdom of God on a, in a greater capacity. But what he's saying here, what Paul was releasing here is, hey, dude, I got all this living here. Everything I'm sharing with you is in this time. I'm speaking to you apostolically. I'm speaking to you prophetically. I'm speaking to you about what has been. I'm speaking to you about what is. And um, in, in future tense, 21st century, it is to come, but it's actually all the same time. It's the time of mankind in the earth, such as we are, until that next dispensation, the return of Jesus for the church, happens. We're in the time of 
mankind, the season, if you will, of man upon the earth, and the season, the transition of that into coming into being one new man, a person that is clean from the inside out with a reborn or born from above spirit, still with a soul and a mind, a will, and emotions in a physical body with God dwelling in him um, as a resuscitation, a resurrected life, having died in Christ, with Christ, and being raised up with him, a new species of being, one that has the power to overcome darkness in this season, in this time, and to destroy the works of the devil in this time. I got all this from this. You better believe it. And we're just wrapping it up. Here we go to verse 10. That in the dispensation, the outpouring of the fullness of time, the linking, if you will, of the times together or the administration and the stewardship of these times, the fullness, this word fullness, means the fulfilling of it, okay, where it is that it might be fulfilled. This is what Matthew said all the time about Jesus, that it might be fulfilled. And it was written that it might be fulfilled if this, he did this, that it might be fulfilled. And Jesus himself at the cross, he said, it's finished. Everything I was sent to do is fulfilled. And in us, because of that, because of what Jesus did, because of the fulfillment, here we are with that same prophetic promise, you were brought to the earth that it might be fulfilled, that God would through you. I'm here in the earth that it might be fulfilled. Sitting here right now teaching this, that it might be fulfilled, that God said that through her I will speak this. And the hearing that goes into the ears of the people that are listening, that it might be fulfilled, that you are set free from an old way of thinking to move, to start to move into the life that you've been called into to fulfill the destiny and the promise, to move the obstacles out of the way, going, wait a minute, I'm one new man, I'm something different, I'm a new species of being, the spirit of the living God is on the inside of me, I have the power to overcome, not alone, not by myself, but this pleases the Father, that I will stand for what he says, that I say what it is that he wants to say, that I let his love flow out of me for others, that I walk an uncommon walk because I serve and I belong to and I'm a child of the uncommon one of a kind, almighty, awesome God. So there it is. And the dispensation of the fullness of time that he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. So see, there's that other piece of time. That is at the dispensation of the fullness, and when the clock runs out on this man in the earth time, that this other place, that this now, those that were men on the earth, men and women on the earth, that are in the eternal place, and we're in the eternal place in him, but we still are operating in kingdom authority here in the earth, but in the full fulfillment of the will of God for the time, for the for the, for the Kairos time and the Kronos time, the time, okay, that we're in, the, the, the destiny of the United States of America and other, all the other nations of the earth. There's a plan, the plan of God, the overcoming of COVID-19, 
1921 or whatever number it is. The crushing of the works of the devil to, to pull the people's minds into a place of, of static uh, belief and, 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 um, and, and staying mired and obedient to fear or torment or doubt or social, um, social opinion and all of these other kinds of things. Even staying um, uh, trained, if you will, by sickness and disease instead of questioning, why do I believe that the things that are going on in my body must always be? Why do I believe that I always will be subject to um, a, a capsule or a ventilator or this? Why do I believe that? as opposed to believing that the blood of Jesus really did what he says that he did, that I actually am healed by his stripes. What if I start? How about what happens when I choose to believe that I can overcome this settling of a life that doctors told me I have to have or a banking system told me that I have to have or religious minds told me that I have to have. Why am I conforming to the life that other people have told me is the only life that I can have when the Bible clearly says that I can have the life that God sent me here to have? Why am I settling for wearing a mask? Uh, um, and I'm not talking the, this COVID stuff. I'm talking the why am I wearing the faith of a life that is less than the life that God has called me to because I'm not questioning it. And it's time to question it. It's time to, to, to say, hey, you know, I mean, that's informal. Hey, Holy Spirit, I got a question for you. Is this all there is for my life? Or did you, am I actually here to accomplish more? And you know what you're going to hear? The answer is going to be more. It's going to be more. Well, what is that more? What does it look like? How do I get started? Do I partner with you? The answer to that is yes. I don't have to be a prophet to know that the answer to that is yes. Yes, partner with the Holy Spirit. And the other verse it was about is Ephesians 2, right? Okay, you come back to that. Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm, I'm challenging us. No, challenging is not the word. I'm exhorting us tonight. I'm exhorting us to question. 126. Okay. I'm exhorting us to question our existence. Are we simply existing or are we alive to God? I wrote in my book, and I've preached this so many times um, that I don't know how many, at least more than six, maybe three, might be ten. It's been more than one. But I was a person that things happened to. I was a victim. That's how I lived. I had been uh, raped at an early age, molested, uh, touched, whatever word you want to call it, okay? It was a bad thing to do. You're not supposed to do that. But it happened to me anyway. And I lived in fear. Um, I also lived in two minds, and I've talked about that. I, I don't want to talk about that tonight. But I, I lived in such a way that I observed myself as opposed to living my own life. I was a surveyor, an observer of my life. I was a person that went places and things happened to me. I was a victim. 
was not one that made things happen. I was somebody that things happened to. And I didn't sing Charlie Brown songs, you know, um, the Platters or whoever they were. I know it's not the Platters, so somebody will correct me. Why is everybody else? Maybe it was. Why is everybody on the song sticking to me? That was not my song, okay? Um, maybe I think kind of a cross between, yeah, he just doesn't surprise me at all. Of course, this happened to me. It's a song that I could have wrote, but I didn't, and I probably would have been very wealthy off of that song. But I don't want to be wealthy off of bad stuff, okay? Um, the thing is, is that because things always happen to me, I would just sigh, and then I was conditioned by the victimization to go out and surround myself with the right kind of predators and sharks to make sure that it happened to me again. So if I were free, I didn't stay free. I went looking for somebody to mistreat me. Some kind of demon somewhere. Somebody had to be carrying that demon, you know, that was going to once again victimize me, say the things that were going to, this is what I mean by victimize. They hurt my feelings. I've been cut to the heart over the things that, the cruel things that people say, um, they stole this from me. I only went so far. And then I have to roll back. And literally, because I weighed over 300 pounds, I rolled back, okay? Um, just all the different things that were, were going on. Yeah. What's the point? One day, I learned, according to the book of Romans, that I was no longer a debtor to sin. That I didn't owe sin my allegiance. I did not owe it my obedience because I now belong to Jesus. But I did not understand that belonging to Jesus also meant that I had access to his strength and I have access to his word and access to his power and access to the will of the Father and the ability to make the decision not to be what I've always been. Uh, I, the, 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 the victory you see in process right now is the last of the, of the situation with being um, obese or fat or overweight or chunky, chubby, chunky, chubby, whatever word you want to use, okay? Um, voluptuous, I would like that <laughs> Sexy and round. <laughs> we have to lighten it up a little bit there. <laughs> you know, all of this kind of stuff, okay? To, to come to just what is truly kingdom normal. That's the aspiration for me, kingdom normal. And so now it, it's really being equipped, even as I'm talking to y'all, I'm just like, woo, that's it. That's what I've been looking for. It's having those breakthroughs that change you on the inside so that your outside changes. I got free from certain kinds of sickness, and I realized I was not subject. I started questioning, why am I eating these things all the time? Why is it that whenever these kind of situations happen. I put on these same sad songs and do my round. I've mentioned this before of all of the, I don't, I haven't done this in years, but the round of the fast food restaurants to get the french fries here and the burger here and the donut here and the milkshake here, and, you know, all the junk. Just get it all and then come on home and get sick and feel sorry for myself and go, nobody loves me as I'm just filled with the crap, right? Okay, so that was, and you know, this is about $20 to $30 <laughs> just for fast Food that um, 
at any rate, those were the choices that I made because I felt the victim trapped into the belief that this is all there was ever going to be. And even if there was a relationship, oh, my God, how much do I have to pay the guy to stay? <laughs> I didn't have no money. <laughs> I was printing it at the fast food restaurant. So oh, he may not be to stay. I don't have enough money. You know, so anyway, I don't know who you are this afternoon. <laughs> I pray to God you let this change you. You understand me? If I'm going to put all this out there, then you take this. This is true. You take this and you take it to the Spirit of God and say, I'm ready to be free. Because I pray, I'm letting you see. You don't have to be ashamed of it. It's time to laugh at this stuff and say, man, I'm not going to be the poster child for how dumb can you get. I was the poster child for how dumb can you get. I made a decision not to be that person anymore. And so here we are. We just keep pressing in. You understand? Question it. Question why you think that you have to live below the level of your desires and dreams. Question, why am I settling for what these sicknesses and diseases and the limitations of this life of bondage is giving me? Question, why would I, as a child of the king, continue to perpetuate a lifestyle that Jesus has paid the price for me to break out of. Why am I not breaking out? Maybe you didn't know how. Stick with us, honey. We can tell you. We can help you with this. Because, you know, that's really what our ministry is about. Is about crushing. You know what? We do crush dreams. The devil. We crush Satan's plans. We do that on a regular basis. And I, I believe that the, if I'm correct, that the a sound of love people would kind of be going like this, you see, because you are witnesses of what I'm talking about, and um, I'm a witness of how awesome and powerful your lives have changed, how, how, how they have become. I'm aware. I, we've got people in our congregation, I'm telling you, I've watched some folks come out of some crazy places. I've watched these people. This family, our founding family, um, make the decision to become what they were born to be and no longer to stay bound to what other people said. You know, other people's fears will put limitations on you. Other people's failures can put, they can project those as limitations for you. But just as we said at the top of it, um, the the um, the decision to be authentic, if you will, to be true to your calling, your destiny, um, the will of God for your life, that's your decision to make and only yours. Nobody else gets to choose whether or not you will be victorious. But if you decide to become victorious, no devil can stop you, cannot stop you. You were born from above, and the spirit of the living God lives on the inside of you, and you make the decision to win, baby, that's it. You're going to, you're going for 
what you already have, what Jesus already achieved. You already have victory. You just haven't looked for it, haven't quested for it, haven't run after it. You know, we already have it. It's already there for us. The law of the Spirit, this is Romans 8, 2, of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. It's only the law of sin and death and the, the systems of this world that would keep us bound. But we're free from that. And so we can go for it. So let me look at this other verse. It was verse 20, right? Okay, 22. All right. It says here, this is, I, I don't want to skip this part. Let's just go ahead and go to verse 15. He says, wherefore, this is something Dr. Baker prays over us every day, and some of us pray it over each other and ourselves. But we do pray this. Um, Paul said, wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you. And that's what we pray. I cease not to give thanks, God, for my husband, um, or, or my, just say my spouse, because I don't have a wife, um, <laughs> um, children, uh, church family, uh, my apostle, uh, you know, uh, my fellow ministers, my president and vice president and that whole cabinet, the body of Christ. I cease not for my friends. All over, uh, all over the world. I cease not, Father, to give thanks for you, uh, for us all, including myself, making mention of us all in my prayers, that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto us the spirit of wisdom and the revelation in the knowledge of him. See, we thank him that in the time he has given us in this dispensation, in this time, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So you can learn about God. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened, brightened, open, that we may know what is the hope of his calling. Takes us right back up there to the beginning of this chapter where he says the pleasure of his good will. These things that were done before the foundation and since the beginning of time, that we would know within our heart, this is the witness and the testimony, um, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. You know, we have a divine inheritance through Jesus Christ, but we are his inheritance too. And he uh, regards that the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And the exceeding greatness, what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, toward us, who believe according to the working of his mighty power? You know, you can believe in God according to the fact that God is a real God. But you can believe in God according to the working of his mighty power and expect to see his power manifest and expect to see the miraculous and expect to see the kingdom. You know, there's a passive belief in God and there's an active belief in God. A passive belief in God, except that in the sweet by and by, you're going to go to heaven when you die. It, it, it's a thing where you do the best that you can on your pilgrim journey, and all these other little songs that were out there, you know, walking around, toiling, and, and drudging, and I don't know what you call it. I do, because I did it. Existing. And letting things happen to you. Or you can believe according to the working of his mighty power, meaning. It's not passed away, people. God is still doing the things that he does. Yes, he is. He is, he is, he is. This is the working of his 
mighty, to show yourself strong, to work, um, to work with a passion, to be operative, to put forth power. Wow. That's the word rock. I mean, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo, say, you know, I don't know why, but for whatever reason, sometimes when I think of this word, I think of a place I've not yet been, a rodeo. Thinking of something I've not yet seen up close, which is the cowboy, cowgirl, whoever, riding and roping, right? Which you rock. Because, you know, when they throw that lasso and they catch hold of that uh, cow and they grab it, there's a lot of strength and power to be able to, first of all, you're riding on a horse, then you're catching the thing, pulling it, tying it, and then you want to rope it. You want to, you want to get it, um, pins, or I guess it is, or whatever the expression is, energy, flash. Coming out, you're exploding out of the gate. This is what a bronc rider does too. They explode out of the gate. And there's all this massive weight that they're underneath that is doing its best to get them off of its back, the bull, and to crush them. But they're holding on with a strength and a determination, even one hand up in the air, right? Or riding out, exploding out of the gate, going after that calf and throwing that rope. All of these things require an energy, a harnessing of power that when you unleash it, you unleash it in the strong things that could be coming against you. But when you are on your point, you cannot be stopped. This is that power, that energy of God that says, which he, he loosed, he unleashed in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I mean, it's an explosion of power, of God, of life that, that exploded into, he, he, he poured it into Jesus with Christ. When he raised him from the dead, resurrection power is what this is talking about. Can you imagine? I guess we're thinking, well, he just raised Jesus from the dead in that hellish place, you know, <laughs> where all the demons were cackling and laughing and thinking, and Jesus just slowly rose up and just kind of looked around and thought, well, I'm up now. I'm going to leave. No, I think the life force of heaven just went <laughs> through that thing, that, that life Exploded into Jesus, and he sprung up, and baby, it was on. And it was a clock cleaning of devils up in there, let me tell you, because he took captivity captive. Come on, peace. Those that have been waiting on me and my manifestation, it is time to get out of here. And he it was a prison break like you have never seen. And they could not hold him down. This is what God is talking about. He walked. He energized. He poured it out. He exploded it into Christ when he raised him from the dead and sat at his own right hand in the heavenly, far above all principalities. Can you see it? It's like an escape. And they're trying to pursue. They can't get to where he's going because he is going to the heavenly. And they did not have access. They did not have the ability to rise to that place. They could not stop him. Death could not stop him. 
dominion and every name that is named. This is all the different rankings of demons and darkness and the princes of this and that. And we're so fierce. No, you're not. You're a gnat under my feet. He said, every name that is named is inferior to the name of Jesus, inferior to the power of God, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. And there again is that uh, condensing or that joining together of that which is and that which is. I'll put it that way. That which is in this time that we know and that which is in eternity, joining together and Extension, you see, of life, but it's the it's the greater life, the higher life. Even while we live as much of that as we can now in the earth, while we still have the blood and the authority to get kingdom things done here, we do that for as long as we're here. Excel in our lives. Question anything that would challenge it. Challenge back with the word of God. Not trying to. Not trying to fight. That's not it. Because it's not the flesh and blood that you fight. It gets the demons kicked off. And sometimes people might try to call you out your name. But if you know what your name is, don't worry about that. Okay? Because you're still called the Son of God. So he says he put all under his feet. And he gave him the head over all to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. So to be honest, here's the thing. It is in it was, it is, it is to come. And it's all in these moments because, see, we live in the spirit and, and, and we manifest in the earth. That's really how it's supposed to be. And I, did I answer the question? Because, man, that took a long time.
You shall not die. You will live. You shall not, will not die. You will not kill yourself. You will not be killed. Satan cannot kill you. He will not kill you. You will live. You will discover it within this next period of time how valuable, how amazing, how wonderful it is to have you in the earth. I speak a restoration of value and worth to you now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I speak to every principality, power, and lying spirit that has been formed against the minds, the hearts, and the lives of the men and the women, the boys and the girls that are here, that have been in lonely places, that have been under abuse, that have been mistreated, that have felt alone, that have felt rejected, that have feeling any of the emotions that do not come from God, but come from the lying demon, the lying fallen spirit. I speak a resurgence of the energy of God to pour into you right now in the name of Jesus and to push like a flood that sense of darkness and despair away from you. I call for the release of the angelic to enter into the places where you are right now. That this is your day to be rescued and delivered out of darkness, out of those mindsets, out of the belief that your life is over. I am saying to you by the authority of the spirit of the living God, you have just begun anew. And this is your day because you did not know that God would say to me, I see you, I see you, beloved. I see you, and I have great plans for you. Your dreams are not crushed. Your desires and hopes will flourish anew, that you will once again, now that you know you can choose to live and you can choose to be what you dreamt of, some want to be um, international, worldwide, and you want to be um, loved, married, parents, um, valued, all these things. And I'm saying to you, do not give up. Not only does God see you, but there is a release into every person and every life that I'm addressing right now. I speak it on the authority of this word, and I prophesy to you, Someone that is not even watching this tonight will speak the same type of words to you, will let you know how glad they are to see you, will text you, will call you, will email you, will send you gifts in the mail, whatever it is. But this day, light shines upon that darkness, exposes it for what it is, a skinny, naked, skeletal being. Get out of the way. In the name of Jesus, the love of God has rescued you this day. And if, you, for if I'm talking to you, you can just go ahead and heart or whatever it is people do on there and let us know that you're taking this word. And if you need a little more than that, then the email address, uh, it'll be on the screen in a little while, but it's contact us at astoundinglove.com, okay? Or .org, not com. Don't trust me. <laughs> not for that kind of stuff. Contact us at astoundinglove.org, and I'm sure it's going to show up on the screen there, too. But I want to say that to you. And now I'll share with you what I, I was going to say. You see, today I was talking to a friend, and we were doing a Bible study. And um, go ahead, you can say. 
And um, see, she's going to put the address up on the screen as well. Before you put that. Um, we hope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. And um, we were talking about some different things. And um, that's cool. And I said, you know, sometimes the question I think came up, and um, you can test me if I'm not asking the question right or answering, saying it right. But it was like, how do you keep expecting? How do you keep up your expectancy? When you say that you believe that God is or has or will, how do you keep expecting? And the first answer that we had to that was by thanksgiving, by thanking God that, you know what, it's a discovery of his greatness and his faithfulness, and that it is, God likes to uh, pour out gifts. I, I happen to be the daughter of a woman that loves to give gifts. My mom, uh, who is our apostle, Dr. Baker, loves to give gifts. And so one of the things that my mom would always do is she, she'd buy stuff. Sometimes her, her gift wrapping was like the most elaborate, amazing, best paper bag the supermarket had. And um, she put our gifts in the paper bag and then go ahead and um, – um, I'll just go back to slide. Sorry. Okay. She's got to fix that, y'all. Um, she, would, she would give us these gifts. And then what she would do is she would sit there and watch us. She wanted to see – um, how we were going to respond. And what we gave her, mom, what she wanted, yes, the thank you, but really it was the joy of our excitement. It was us getting all woo, 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 you know, happy and excited over what it was that she gave to us. And so um, when we did that, it just, it made a difference, you know, because she had the joy of setting those things in front of before us. She had the joy of our excitement and, and um, being the receivers of what, what she had. And so with that, uh, the thanks, I, I, I'm going to say, got even greater because see, we know as her children and, and many of the people in our ministry, they know what I'm talking about. You know the delight that she has, that Dr. Baker has, when she is gifting someone. She gets all excited over over what it is that that um, we get to receive. Watching us and watching her open a gift is hilarious. But she'll tear it open like a like a like a little kid at Christmas. It's beautiful to watch. And um, this is the Thanksgiving. The, the giving of thanks is also giving God the excitement. It's giving God the sense of expectancy. Look at what you did for me. I am so excited. Thank you so much. It is the gratitude, but the thanksgiving is an interaction with him about his goodness to us. I hope you're catching what I'm saying. And so as we were talking about that, I said, you know, you're thanking him for what you already have. You're thanking him for what he's already done. Even if you have not yet seen it, the thanksgiving is a part of, you can almost think of your thanksgiving as being hands that reach into an invisible place and start bringing toward you the promises of God. Thanksgiving extends hands into the realms of spirit, into the unseen, to pull into the seen realm what God has said is yours. Because I tell you what, complaining and doubt prolong and sometimes cut off blessing. But thanksgiving, gratitude, joy, obedience, these are invisible hands, or I should say an extension of hands 
into the invisible place to pull those things from the heavenly realm into the, or what we call the unseen realm, into this place where it is made known. It's a sound. It's a vibration. It's a, it's a uh, frequency that as it's going, it pierces through. It opens things up for you. The expectancy has a sound to it. It's a very clear, beautiful sound of praise and joy and thanksgiving. It's not something you think, but you may start off slow. But the more we reflect on God, the greater it is. I've got about two minutes, so let me hurry this up. So what I what I said to her though, I said, you know, it's just like I have a I have a husband. Um, don't ask me his name. Don't ask me all that kind of stuff. You know, people go, well, it hasn't manifested yet. It's like you mean to tell me um, you, you can say that, but I'm not going to focus on that. What I focus on is that I have my husband that I'm married. He has a wife. It's me. Okay, so. I asked the Lord today, I was telling her, I said, you know what, I'm so grateful for this man. I'm so grateful for this life that you've called us to and the things that we get to do. And I want to give my husband a kiss today. And so I kiss the son. I hug the son. I embrace him, Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Father. I embrace my God. And I said, now, I ask you if you would give that to my husband for me. Because what I felt like I was doing was standing behind him and had my arms around the front of him, you know, around his chest. And I just had my head on his shoulder just to say, I love you. It's just an appreciation. And so I gave it to God. And you know what was so cool? Is that the Holy Spirit, as my friend and I were on the phone doing our little Bible, doing our big Bible study, I heard the Spirit of the Lord say, yes, I will do that. How awesome was that? Well, it's awesome to me. You know why? Two things. Number one, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And if he says he'll do it, he'll do it. So what does that do? It takes care of two things. Number one, I got to send my husband a hug and kiss. Number two, <laughs> I know I have one. Because otherwise, <laughs> Holy Spirit would have said, yes, I'll do that. <laughs> so you see, it was another reason to give thanks. Because I believe he inspired me to do something that is outside of my norm. But it was also a way that the Lord himself touched me to say, I keep my promises, and what I have, what I said is yours, is yours. So I want you to be encouraged in that. We're at the end of our time together. I mean, one minute I looked up, and it's ten minutes till now, five after. So that little story there um, took up a big time. But I pray that you receive tonight, that there are some life-changing things that transpire for you this night. That if you need, want to get in touch with us, you can. That you will not allow your life to stay, to be on an ordinary level. That you will seek out the supernatural of God. That you will question what you have settled for to find out if God has more. And then you will decide whether or not you want some more or do you really want to stay at the level where you are. I encourage us all to reach for the more. Because it would be amazing that it might be fulfilled in our time what the Spirit of the Lord delights to do in all of us. So, do I have any last questions, comments, nothing? Go ahead. I'll give a comment. I'll take that word. Thank you. You're welcome. Yay. Well, you're welcome, you're welcome, you're welcome. Two seats.
and all that kind of cool stuff. Thank you so much. Oh, and the person that asked the question, they said um, they're going to re-listen to what you said. Because I talked a lot, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a very long answer. But uh, I'm going to let you know the secret as we're going away for tonight. I just kind of opened my mouth and let him fill it. And obviously I couldn't have studied it before I can, but I didn't, and that's nice. Thank you for your questions tonight. Thank you for your engagement. Do not be under condemnation. Do not feel in any way, shape, or form like you have been judged or criticized or that anyone has found fault with you. Because if you feel any of that, the devil is a liar. I want you to know that. God loves you with an everlasting, incredibly astounding love, as do we. We invite you, I believe, uh, well, right at this moment, we still have the stay, uh, whatever it's in this call, so um, online on Sunday at 9.45 and 11.45 a.m. Um, at the same, uh, me, uh, what do you call this, media address. Wow. Yeah, Periscope or Twitter or whatever you happen to be watching us on. But it's not very long before we're all going to be gathered together again. So I think contact information is there. I want to say for the astounding love and the more than enough ministry people, yes, we are receiving the tithes, the offerings, and the seeds that you want to plant tonight. And if any of you also are of, of the give, uh, know and understand about giving and donating, then you also can do the um, um, the giving time. We, we bless every seed that is sown. We speak of uh, an increase and a return to you so that you always have to give into every good work and charitable donation. Uh, we say that the seeds that you have planted will open up great, great doors and harvest. And we bless you in your giving and in the time that you have spent with us. On behalf of uh, Dr. Baker, um, the ministry staff, and myself, and all of the wonderful people of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship and More Than Enough Ministries, thank you so much for joining us. We pray to see you Sunday and next week. And I'll say goodnight for myself and Crystal. <laughs>